Hello, and welcome to the Stupid Sequels Podcast, where we find truly terrible movies and give them all the attention they don't deserve. Each episode, we'll discuss exactly what made such a horrible sequel, from casting to budget to just plain bad writing. While we all love a great movie, there's something just a little more fun about watching a seriously stupid sequel. Now, while there are plenty of awful sequels out there, we have a few guidelines about the kind of movies we'll be reviewing here. We're talking about direct-to-video, made-for-TV, never-appeared-in-a-theater sequels. The ones the studios gave up on before they even started. This week, my guest is Sherwin, and we'll be discussing Cross New Groove, the sequel to Emperor's New Groove. Hello, Sherwin. How's it going? I'm good. So, this is uh, my friend from work. Um, he graciously, after I begged him over and over, <laughs> finally came to record his episode. I'm now sh- I shamed him in front of the other people in our office to finally get him to come, but it worked. It was a long trek to get here. It was it a was. whole 15 minutes. Yeah. But he's here. <laughs> um, so you picked, uh, we were trying to pick a movie for a while. I was like we reading were. off a list. Right. You tried to steal other people's movies several times. <laughs> and then I said, Emperor's New Groove. And you're like, that one. Emperor's New Groove. Why Kronk's Kron- New Groove. Why Kronk's New Groove? So, Emperor's New Groove is actually one of my favorite Disney movies. Uh, I think it, most people rate it a little too low. Yeah. Um, I love David Spade. So, um, naturally, I would kind of... It's know. kind of one of those movies for me that, like, when I'm, like... It's, like, a good uh, palate cleanser movie. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've watched something, like, really depressing or really upsetting, you're, like, flipping through Netflix, you're like, oh, oh Emperor's New Groove. Hooray. It's also... It kind of bucks the trend of the Disney princess kind of movie thing. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, and we'll get into kind of why it's it's different from a lot of Disney movies. There is an entire documentary about it. Had no clue. It's insane. Uh, so just for comparison, the original got an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes, which I feel that's, that's pretty that's solid. accurate. Right. Uh, the sequel did not have any critical reviews. But the okay. audience uh, gave it a oh, 42%. I'm, I'm about to give it a critical review right now. Uh, give us a percentage. Well, I'd say 17. Oh, I was going to say 23. 23, that's generous. You're generous. You know, I I will give it credit for kind of continuing the buck the trend of a typical movie. Okay. But it is terrible, so. It it did throw a lot of typical tropes. Yes, like the love interest. And like, there's things like that where I'm like, you get points. Not a lot, but you get some. I took away points for the typical tropes. Yeah. But I'm saying for kind of bucking the tropes, it gets points for that. Right. Movie. Yeah. Um, so the original came out in 2000 with a budget, with a budget of $100 million, Also a budget. A budget. <laughs> uh, a budget of $100 million, and it made 169 back, which kind of is not a great turnover. No. Um, and the sequel came out in 2005. Of course, no... Uh, budget information or uh, box office on the sequel um and then there was also a uh, disney channel show called the emperor's new school which came out in 2005 the same year that the sequel came out but they are definitely on different timelines interesting so no cusco no cusco's in it um but it's all about like basically cusco gets kicked out of being the emperor he almost did an Emperor's or in Crocs and Groove. Too. Yeah. And he goes back to school to like figure out how to be a good emperor. But the principal of the school is Yzma. He went to emperor school. He went to emperor. It's just a normal school. But why, why wouldn't he go to an emperor school? Because he's not emperor anymore. But I feel like if you want to learn to be emperor, you should go to emperor school. Well, I think it's more of like, hey, you're our emperor and you don't understand basic math. 
Oh. It's one of those. That's what his advisors are for. Well, Yzma was his advisor, so. His most trusted advisor. She practically raised him. <laughs> um, I have a lot of questions about that. <laughs> um, so, like, everyone from the original cast returned, which is usually a good sign. Like, if you right. can get your original cast members back, it's usually because, like, you have a solid script and, like, mm-hmm. they're not busy. But I think it's mostly because they're like, hey, we're filming the TV show at the same time. Can you just, like pop over so we have david spade as cusco patrick warburton as cronk eartha kit as yzma uh john goodman as pacha wendy malik as chicha and bob bergen as bucky the squirrel oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean you forgot patty oh and patty patty dutch <laughs> as mata the waitress there, there, there were a couple other um voice actors that that returned um in addition to those but the major, the majority, and the main cast did return. Yeah, yeah. They didn't get back Rudy. Who was Rudy? Uh, the old man. Right. Uh, but where are the groom? Yeah. He returned. Uh, he didn't come back because that's uh, Jim Cummings, the voice of Piglet mm. from Winnie the Pooh. So they did not get Jim Cummings back. Um, and they didn't get the kids Rick. back because the kids had just the kids are kids. aged out. Yeah. So just like eh, these two kids, it'll work. Um, so essentially, uh, in originally Emperor's New Groove was called Kingdom of the Sun. And it had a really dark uh, I don't like that name. plot. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people don't like the Emperor's New Groove plays off Emperor's New Clothes. And it has nothing to do with either. Zero things to do with no. it. No. Um, but basically, Kingdom of the Sun was uh, Cusco like, goes into the village. And he finds a peasant named Pacha who looks just like him. And they do like a, a peasant in the popper, a king in the, prince in the popper switch. Like a swaparoo. Yeah. And while... Switcheroo. While Cusco is pretending to be a pauper, he falls in love with a peasant girl and is like, oh my god, I wish I could take her back with me. And Yzma is way more evil. Her plan is to summon a demon to eat the sun because the sun is what's making her old. Interesting approach. And she tries to ink a sacrifice who she thinks is Cusco and is really Pacha, but... I'm not saying she's wrong, but... Dark? For a kid's movie? So basically, they had this already. They were recording the music. Um, I'm going to tell you who was going to play Pacha. It's going to make you say, wow. Roseanne. Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 He doesn't even say wow that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was going to be Owen Wilson. Um, but essentially, uh, Disney had just released... Pocahontas and Hunchback of Notre Dame and they had kind of flopped at theaters and apparently I mean John Smith is kind of Owen Wilson already he is but that's a um, Mel Gibson it is but yeah. just looks wise but basically the head of Disney walked into their offices held his fingers about a quarter inch apart and said your movie is this close to getting shut down so you need to change some shit because um, there was like there's no market for depressing Disney movies we tried they don't <laughs> like it and they basically uh, like fired their entire staff overnight, got rid of the majority of their animators, had to like redo everything. They lost a bunch of their cast members um, and got to Emperor's New Groove, which is kind of why it feels kind of frenetic and like, uh, uh, and we kind of have characters and cast members and, and it kind of is a joke on itself of like, oh, well, it'd be great if the movie went this way, but it went that way. Like, it's kind of a commentary and there's actually... An entire documentary documentary about it called the Sweatbox, um, which is kind of about how your initial vision of like what you want a movie to be can change overnight on the whim of a studio. It's really interesting. It's on 
I think it's on Netflix or YouTube, um, but Disney owns it, weirdly enough. I kind of did get that sense from Emperor's New Groove because I feel like visually it borrowed heavily from Hercules. Mm-hmm. So, and it didn't really, and Hercules hadn't really borrowed too much from anything else previously to that, at least no. Disney IPs. Um, but, but Emperor's New Groove did. Um, so it kind of seemed a little bit like a patchwork. Yeah, it, it kind of, the if you can look, there's pieces of the original music and the original artwork online, and it was definitely closer to A Hunchback of Notre Dame, of kind of more realistic animation styles and a much darker palette. So the the art is a really simple for a Disney movie, which it still looks great, but it's definitely it simplistic because it was kind of done on a rush. I mean, not Treasure Planet great, but... I will defend Treasure Planet till the end best. of my days amazing there was a full sequel planned like they were ready and then like kill it i'm like do it now until it nosedived i'm sorry they gave atlantis a sequel they can give treasure (laughs) planet a sequel (laughs) um so some fun facts about the original so the whole like uh kronk singing his own theme music uh patrick warburton was just obviously improvising in the studio like right and he had to sign over the rights of his and i quote original music composition to disney <laughs> because technically he wrote that song right and disney's like well what if we want to put this in an action figure patrick warburton sign over your composing rights and he's like oh, okay um pacha's wife chicha is the first pregnant woman to appear in a disney movie interesting an animated disney movie to clarify um cusco is spoilers the uh she does give she does have a child she does have the baby in group it's not in the movie, but no, well, right. prior to the movie. It is an infant. He's only a half. Half human? No, when they're doing their ages. <laughs> and she's like, I'm seven and a half. This is my brother. He's only a half. <laughs> um, um, Cusco is named after the capital of the ancient Inca city, and Pacha means earth. Um, and the song from the original, My Funny Friend and Meat, was nominated for an Oscar and a Grammy. Did not win either. Mm. So sad. Shame. But it is an Oscar-nominated movie. Um, so let's talk about uh, the elephant in the room, the llama in the room, the llama. sequel. The sequel, yeah. It's bad, Crocs guys. in the groove. It is bad. On a scale of... Uh, I'm not going to go there. But it's bad. No, go <laughs> ahead. On a scale of what? On a scale of... Uh, how controversial am I going to get? Um... On a scale of Gili oh, wow. to Toy Story 2. Agreed. I'm putting this closer to the Gili side of the scale. Yeah, I yeah. have to agree with you. That's not that controversial. I fully agree with you on those points. Gili is bad, guys. It's bad. You heard it here first. Gili is not Actors a are great. Movie. Yeah. Movie's bad. Movie's bad. It, it just feels... Like most of these sequel seals, which is, hey, we made something that was good. Let's make more money. But we don't have a story or a plot. Don't worry about it. We'll just improvise as we go along. Improvise it. Improvise. Sorry, that was <laughs> um, So, I literally in the first, the first six minutes of the movie are just steal from the original, steal from right. the original, steal, 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 well, steal, it, steal. It wasn't like, just steal. It was literal scenes from the original. Yeah. Shot like projector style onto a screen. Yeah. And they're fully like, man, this was really good in the original movie. This movie's not as good. Like, they refer to themselves as a movie. It, and I like them breaking the wall. 
Yeah, that's which which they did that in the which, original, right? Which was awesome, um, but also initially when it started, it seemed kind of like a clip show. Yeah, well, like it was it was a series of short stories that they kind of threw together into a movie. Right. And I almost wonder if each of those stories was going to be like an episode of the TV show. And then they were like, oh, we've got a bunch of Kronk Central ones. Let's throw them together into a movie. And, and when the whole movie started, it was almost like one of those things where I'm, like, some something ridiculous happens to the main character and it freeze frames. And it's like, okay, this yep, is me. That's me. <laughs> I bet you're wondering how I got into this crazy situation. Right. That's exactly how it started. Like, yeah. there's a trope right there. Which is, they did in the original, too, where he's like the llama in right. the rain. And he's like, <laughs> I bet you're wondering how I got here. Oh, Emperor Cusco. And now I'm a llama. Llama huh. Bay. <laughs> I can quote the original back and forth all day. It makes me laugh so hard. Um, but it's it's just Kronk sitting in a pile of cheese. From um, a disastrous fondue incident. And he just he molds that cheese into a teddy bear. You know how you can mold liquid cheese into semi real Do it all the time. Stuffed. Did it last animals. night. Fun times. How was last night? Um, it was it was good. They had a little uh, raffle, oh, a, a Jeopardy raffle, Jeez. which is kind of strange. But was it based on recruiter knowledge? Uh, a little bit. Oh my god! The the categories were split up into um, teams and the company and sales in general. Wow. Yeah, I want an IHOP gift card, $25. Any of you ladies out there want to go to IHOP, just let me know. I've He's got a, available, ladies. I've got the uh, got the hookup. So. Getting that root and tootie, fresh and fruity. Oh, it's all about the Grand Slam. Come on. Grand Slam, I'm sorry. Come on now. <laughs> um, but basically, it's just... The first six minutes of the movie are just like, think from the original, think from the original, think from the original. Remember when this is funny? We're doing it again. Which, it doesn't work like that, guys. Like, you can't, you can't just steal jokes. Um, so he's working in the diner that we saw midway through the first movie. He's the fry cook there and also head delivery boy. Um, and so they don't get Tom Jones back to sing the theme music, which made me sad. They got some rando little... Uh... uh Ethnically ambiguous woman. Right. I mean, v- very similar in animation yeah. to the original, just a little tiny person. Yeah. Wearing a disco jumpsuit. A vague disco thing. Yeah. With they, big collars. They lean on the disco again in Heavily. this movie a yeah. lot. Um, but basically. Cusco! I can't sing. Cusco! <laughs> What's his name? Cusco. Cusco. I could sing. I could sing everything for you. Oh my god, I love it. Um, and it's basically just summing up the past movie and also Kronk's personality. It's like in the last movie he wasn't a good person because he worked for Eva, but now he's nice and he works as a fry cook. Remember in the last movie when Cusco was a llama? That was funny, wasn't it? Oh my god, Kronk's a nice guy and he helps everyone. Like. <laughs> Isn't that essentially what the song was? Yep. That's that's basically it. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, it it um it's not good, but it sure is accurate. Um (laughs) and the song is called True to Your Groove. Wow. See how they threw the name of the movie in there? Get it? Kinda. Groove. 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 
I almost expected them to call it like move your groove. Oh, I wouldn't put it past them. Groove your groove. What if they just called it groove? Groove. groove. Well, what if the whole soundtrack soundtrack was groove one, groove two, groove three, groove four, groove final. Groove four point one <laughs> for some sweet reprises. <laughs> um. So Cusco pops up as kind of the omniscient narrator, and he's like sitting on his throne. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm the emperor." Straight up says, "I'm nice now." Wasn't he at the end of the movie? Yeah, but just like not like I've been, a, I've done a lot of great things. It's like I'm nice now. Don't worry about me. I'm nice. Show them like shaking hands with old old people and. Yeah, and he's like, you know that you saw the last movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he like starts playing clips from the original. He's like, look at that! Isn't that great? Look at the poster. That's me. Like. He had the giant statue. Yeah. Yeah. He loved that. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, okay, but this this movie is not about me. It's about Croc. Not me. Him. That one. That one right there. Circle him. That me. Not, I'm like, <laughs> okay, so this joke from the original where he's like, not about him. About me. You know not what? him. L- about me. L- let's talk about that. Let's talk about all the jokes that they, they reused. The whole movie? The whole... <laughs> so the whole movie? Right. So, I mean, it all started with the original clips and then um it was all the cronkisms as yeah. i'm gonna call it the right yeah and the the squirrel isms the squirrel isms the just cheep 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 like just talking squirrel intermittently and Squeak, squeakum squeakums thank you i don't speak squirrel fluently guys no, i'm, I'm learning duolingo it works and just like the kind of the running joke in the uh in the diner where like she spits out some enormous order and he's like oh yeah you mean the diet plate <laughs> like that's so funny disney i wish you guys could see his face he's smiling <laughs> but he is dead behind the eyes <laughs> so terrifying. so right so they reused a lot of jokes they um yzma's cackle yeah reuse that she's still a cat by the way a cat part cat she is human Yzma with a tail and ears. A giant tail. Giant tail. And she eats raw fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, let's see. Um, Cusco had, had his lines. He had the boom, baby. Yep. Um, who else had their typical lines? Uh, Pacha just kind of had his like wise moral. You know, John Goodman sounded really different in he this did. one. But it was it was him. That was I had to double check. I'm like they didn't get John Goodman back. It didn't sound like him at first. Well, he did. Did not. They did not get him back for the TV show. Weirdly enough. I'm not surprised. Um, I think because Pacha isn't a main character on the TV show, and they're like, you're not gonna get God John Goodman back for like a couple of episodes to voice over one or two things. So like, just get someone who can do him. Um, but it just was like, well, these were the things that worked in the original. So if we just repeat them, it will make a second good movie. I don't think that's how it works. It's not how it works. No. Um, so they do like a Cheers reference. Like he's like, "I love the diner. Everyone knows my name." And he walks around that. like, "Crunk." Like, how many children are gonna get that Norm joke? Like, <laughs> who is that for? I think that was almost lip service for the adults. Yeah. Um, there weren't. Speaking of which, there weren't a terrible amount of adult jokes. I would say the biggest, like, sequence of adult jokes is Kronk dancing with Birdwell later. Yeah. That's, like, adults, adults, yeah. adults, adults, right. adults. It was just, like, a little quick five minutes of yeah of that. 
here's all the references we got the rights to. Like, yeah. <laughs> look what our copyright department can do. <laughs> They're so clever. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. And then the timeline's a little screwy because he says he's been working at Mudcuz for just over a year. But then later on in when he's talking about his scout troop, he's like, oh, yeah, this will be the third year in a row we've won this award. And I'm like, so is it one year or is it three? Well, maybe he had been doing scout troops for longer than that. Maybe while he was while in service of the Yzma, he, he had been doing scout troops. I don't feel like she gave him time off for that. You know, I think Kronk is a very talented individual. And he put time outside of his regular schedule for him to do his... Um, for those kids. For those kids, right. For his, what do they call them? Uh, little little ones? Chipmunks. Did you just call them chipmunks? Chipmunks? Chip troopers? Chip troopers, yeah. Storm troopers? <laughs> that would have improved the movie a lot. <laughs> and uh, for those of you asking, no, I'm not going to do the Star Wars sequel. Because A, that doesn't follow the rules of our podcast. It got a theatrical release. And controversial statement, apparently... The Last Jedi was not a bad movie. Suck it up. Well, actually, I think there is a Star Wars one you could do. I there, could. There was there a Christmas three. special. Oh, good <laughs> God. <gasps> I could fully do the Christmas special. It follows. Oh, my God. Okay. Holiday episode for December of this year. Tell me if you want it. I will fully torture myself and watch the Star Wars holiday Christmas special. If you do this to me, I will do it for you. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I might clip that out. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't want to watch it. Oh, you're watching it. You're going to do it. I am. You're going to holiday special the shit out of yourself. I might do, like, a special edition for the holiday special where, like, we watch it live and I just, like, live commentate on it because, okay, here's what you guys don't seem to get. So, when I do this podcast, I'm essentially having to watch these movies four times. Because I watch the sequel, and then I watch the original, and then I watch the sequel again, and then I record a whole podcast about it where I talk about it for an hour, and then I listen to my podcast back to hear what the edits are, and then I edit it again, and then I listen to it again. So by the time I've published this uh, podcast episode, I'll have talked about Kronk's New Groove or listened about it for about six or seven hours. I really don't want to do that with the Star Wars sequels. (laughs) Please don't make me do it. Um... I'd watch them four times. You have some darkness in you, Sherwin. I do. Um, so he basically lays out his elaborate like plan of like how his life has been running. He's like, I have a house and I have a friends and I have the old people and I'm a fry cook and everything's great. Uh, and then he gets a llamagram. That was the sound of like, my eyes rolling. I think they like llamas. They- I think that's a. Uh, ongoing trend a motif you might say yeah i mean to be fair in peru they do they do have a fondness for llamas i will give them that but um i mean not that much you do know that pacha's poncho is a pure alpaca yeah as someone who knits pure alpaca is the fucking softest yarn i love it how can a peasant afford that um well he has a llama farm right but are they alpacas Maybe he does some trade work. Maybe he stole it. Maybe he's a thief. Maybe he's a real villain. We don't know. Pacha's new know. groove, guys. Pacha, in 2018. Pacha's new groove. It's just him, like, farming, just in real time for an hour and a half. 
this summer. <laughs> Pacha has a secret. <laughs> oh, you no. thought you knew Pacha? You don't know shit. <laughs> you don't know llama shit. Um, Pacha vs. Yzma 2019. <laughs> the kid's dead, so we can't. There can never be another Emperor's new anything. Um, so basically, his dad is coming to visit, and he freaks out, and he's like, I'll run away, I'll run away, and I'll go down a tunnel, and then the tunnel will lead to a ramp, and the ramp will lead to a hole. So basically just doing that, like, uh, I'll make him a flea, a tiny little flea, and I'll put that box, and I'll put that box in another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself, and then I'll smash it with a hammer. Just basically like a dumb elaborate plan that doesn't need to be done. I, I really thought they would repeat that in Kronkson Groove. I would have given such mad props if Yzma had turned anyone into a flea at any point in this movie. I would have laughed really hard. You know, there, there's only one transformation. Yep. And two transformations. Oh, yep. There we go. Um, and it was kind of underwhelming. Yeah, it was. It was really was. Um, so basically, his little angel and devil, good and evil, pop up on his shoulders. They come up like six times through the movie. And not only his, a couple other people's popped up too. Tebos do. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, they were only in the original, I think, twice. Twice. And they were sparingly used, which is how they should be used. Um. But it probably pulled well with a uh, little little kids, little little group of uh, of people, or little kids behind a window. Yeah. So. So basically, he's written these letters to his father saying, "I have a big house. I have a wife. I have kids." Was was it a uh, was it Meg that uh, wrote out, or or the two secretaries' names? Oh, uh, oh, I'm gonna forget. Marge. Marge was one. And Tina. Marge and Tina. Marge and Tina. Margarita. Sorry, I'm in a mood. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm sort of figuring out the night you had last night. Oh, uh, it's interesting. I'll I'll tell you off. Off recording. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! There's my plan <laughs> to get you fired. Um, so we see a little flashback of like Kronk's like I was always different. My dad didn't like me. We get to see little tiny baby adorable Kronk, which is very cute, and he's baking little muffins, and his dad's like, "No baking. Baking is for girls." So he takes away his oven mitts, and tiny little Kronk cries, um, and he's like, "All I ever wanted was a thumbs up from Poppy." Do we hear that phrase a couple more times in the movie? Um, a thumbs I don't, up I don't from think, Poppy? I don't think your definition of a couple... Uh, several dozen? Several dozen sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, just a, I just want a thumbs up from Poppy. Fun fact, guys. The uh, goal of this movie is to get a thumbs up from Poppy. This movie gets a thumbs down from Chelsea. So. But you're not Poppy. I mean, you guys can call me Poppy if you want. And I give it a thumbs down too. Stop trying to use my podcast as a dating service. I've been trying for eleven episodes. It hasn't worked. Ladies. <laughs> he starts telling his story in the past, but it's kind of unclear where in the past these things are happening. Like, wait, is this happening? The very immediate past. Pre-first movie, post-first movie. I think they literally started in the last year and a half. He's had a rough year and a half. He has. Yeah. Um, but it basically starts with he's he goes through his all his daily activities, which is um, delivering food to the old folks' home, mm-hmm. and he's best friends with all of these old people. One of whom is the guy from the original who uh, Kronk who um, 
threw off Cusco Cusco's gets thrown out the window. He's like, I threw off his groove, the rhythm with which he moves his life. Beware the, the groove. groove. The groove. His name is Rudy, guys, if you cared. I didn't. Rudy, Tootie, Fresh and Fruity. I have, guys. Letting you know. $25 gift card. Bringing it back. Hey. Watch me get a fucking flood of messages being like, I want to share one and take me to IHOP. The pancakes are very mediocre. And Love so them. is... So is the company. <laughs> I'm like, if I say it, it's too mean. <laughs> what if he says it? It's funny. Um, So... The whole old folks thing is just like, ha, 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 pureed meat, prune juice, dentures, achy hips, get it, old people, our old, real original humor, guys. And Yzma is spying on him while he does his good deeds. Through a creepy, weird telescoping telescope that just shows her eye with her little three eyelashes. Yeah. That she uses an ungodly amount of mascara on, by the way. Yeah. I That's one of my favorite things is when he zooms on in, like, her creepy eye crease, and he's like... How old is this woman? She should probably get a better mascara. Yeah. She needs to uh, work on her skin routine because it's not working for her, whatever she's doing right now. I think she's like 120 years old, honestly. She's I don't know what could help. Proof that dinosaurs once roamed the earth. Oh, wow. Look at that. Throwback. Yep. Um, And basically, he, she like lures Kronk with a coin tied on a string down into her new evil lair and is like, Yes, they still have the cat ears and cattail. It's side effects from the last potion. I'm like, so your potions aren't even permanent. Nope. And, and they reused an old joke again. Which is uh, pull the lever? Um, well, that. But before that, they mm-hmm. used, reused an old joke. So in the first one, Yzma um, wanted to show off the knife and pulled oh. up her dress to show the leg. And they screamed Justifi- Justifiably, Kronk and Kuzco were horrified. Yeah. Um, oh, Pacha, Pacha, and, Pacha Cusco. and Cusco were horrified, um, but this time it was just Kronk, and it was a very hairy leg because she hadn't been taking care of herself. But she did it again, except it was um, the potion bottle. The potion bottle, right? And she's like, "I have a proposition for you." And he's like, uh-huh. and she's like, "A business proposition." Like, I don't know why these men are so convinced that she's trying to bang them all the time. Like, to be fair, she she was kind of acting in a seductive way once Kronk was laid on his back. I think that's just how Yzma rolls. It has nothing to do with the person in the room. So no matter who she's trying to have a business proposition with, she just climbs onto them? Yeah. But also I think Eartha Kit, Eartha Kit's like can we leave Yzma a cat? Because I want to just roll in some of my Catwoman shit. And she has a lot of cat stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of cat jokes in her apartment and in her lair and her giant six foot purple tail. Um... God. Um, does that make her a furry? I think it does. Gross. Yep. Um, so they do the whole pom- pull the wrong lever joke where she's like, pull the lever, Kronk. And he's like, I've done this before. This is a mistake. And he's like, I've worked out the kinks. Just do it. They fall down an elaborate water slide. Again. This one has a small world. Little, It's all these little creepy dolls. But apparently. Singing small this, world. This, uh, this new slide is better than the old one, according to Kronk. Yeah, he's like, this is really fun. They flip down into her uh, elaborate lair. No costume change. No. No lab coats this time. Yep. Or synchronized handshake. High five. Um, also, like, Yzma's living in a shack. Like, a tiny little sad little shack. But drops down this thing into, like, this elaborate gorgeous lab. I'm like, girl, live in the lab. Like. Well, as you guys know, it's always bigger on the inside. That was a, a Doctor yeah, Who I know. reference. 
I know it is. Yeah. Just wondering how noisy it would be to punch you on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll make you like a dull thud. There's not much going on up here. Just hollow thunking noise. Right, like a drum, really. <laughs> um, so basically, she has a Yzma's Young and Beautiful potion, which is bright green. And she's like, I'm going to sell this to all the old people and they're going to buy it. And you're going to help me because you're trustworthy. So if you tell them to buy it, then they fully will. But if I do, no one trusts me. And he's like, does it really work? She's like, of course it works. I'm like, look at Yzma. It clearly doesn't. Or she'd be drinking it herself. And she sings a song called Feels Like a Million, which is utterly forgettable. I couldn't hum a line from it. I don't even remember it. Yeah. Um, and she sells out all the potions and then immediately there's a weird shot of like some CGI coins that get like thrown into the camera. That's very strange. I didn't expect that. It's a very like everything's drawn, everything's drawn and then like very clearly CGI animated coins. You're like, that's weird. And then it like cuts to like Kronk being like circled by like girls in a pageant because they got like sashes on and stuff. And then they're like, ooh, Kronk, you're so cute. And then they leave. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, wh- <laughs> what were you doing? Was he judging the pageant? I don't know. Because he's rich now? I think so. I don't know. And also, if you do end up watching this train wreck of a movie. Don't. Please note that anytime there's money exchange, it's for some reason exchange in jars. Yeah. Very strange. Or piggy banks. Only Kronk had a piggy bank. Oh, that's right. Only Kronk has the piggy banks. But yeah, people hand her jars of money, like mason jars of money. Not even mason jars, like pottery jars. Yeah. Like urns almost. It's weird. And it's all gold coins. Like, hmm. I forgot. Is that the ashes urn or the coin urn? I. <laughs> Sorry, I gave you grandpa. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I, you know what? No, keep grandpa. I'll it's keep right. the coins. I mean, if, if grandpa gets me some potion, I'll do it. Um, and then sharp cut to Yzma in her lab. It's basically just sewage and slime that she's putting in jars. She's like, the potion does nothing. Ha ha ha. Uh, she does have a pink potion that she keeps hidden on her person, which she claims is uh, cough medicine. It's not cough medicine, guys. It's clearly a potion. Um, and so Cusco pops up and is like, hey, guys. So Yzma's potion is a scam. Oh, you've also been watching the movie and you saw that it was too? Cool. <laughs> the self-awareness of this movie is dizzyingly accurate and I think it's more the self-awareness tone-deaf. of Kronk. Yeah. Oh, Cusco. Hmm? Cusco. You said self-awareness of Kronk. In the second movie. Oh, yes. But yeah. Cusco pops up to say Oh, yeah. It's a scam. Right. And he's like, it's a scam, guys. Because Yzma is just, oh, you just watched that scene? Oh, okay, cool. Just letting <laughs> you know. Um... And he's like, oh, but if you want to see something really disturbing, look at Yzma didn't show our armpits. Ew. Gross. Another thing zooming in on a specific feature of Yzma. We haven't used that chip before. Like spinach in the teeth with creepy eyes. Um, so the old folks all feel younger. They're like, look at I can do the Charleston. I can do the splits. I can ride a bike. I can Charles, you know. Um, and they are selling everything they own to get more potion. Everything. They are hooked. They sell the senior home to Kronk. And it's like this cute little house. And he's like, oh my God, I'm going to buy the senior home. Then I have a house on a hill. And immediately just drops a mansion on top he of it. He Cusco'd the shit yeah. out of that hilltop house. 
I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So you could afford the house and the construction. It was just the property that you had an issue with? Like... Oh, I think you bought the house and the property money. with potion money. Yeah. Right? That's sweet, sweet potion money. Sweet, sweet potion money. Um, which he keeps in, in piles of piggy banks. Piles of piggy banks. Um, it's the preferred method Yeah. It's, in Peru. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but basically, he's walking around his palatial house, and he's like, Yeah, Dad, my house on the hill, it's giant. I've got a pool. I've got a golf rink. I've got golf rink? Golf rink course course wow um i've got it's it's more it's more of like a putt-putt course it is mini golf the windmill is a real challenge um um he has two assistants to help him whose names he always mixes up yeah but literally one will be like he's like hey marge and she's like it's tina and then the other one walking he's like hey marge she's like it's tina like it's (laughs) also i want to mention that we make an appearance in the movie we do yeah as recruiters we do. Yeah. We recruited uh, Tina and Marge. We did. We got their resumes. We helped them through the interview process. Sweet 30% commission. Yeah, sweet. Sweet, sweet commission. That <laughs> placing executive assistants. Yeah. Yeah, great. With Good timing. Crunk Enterprises. Is that, is that the name of our company? No, it is. Edit out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> These people know too much about me. I don't want them to know where I live. They know I live in California. As far as I'm concerned, that's specific enough. Um, mm, 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 mm. So the old people are literally selling the clothes off their back to get more potion. They are walking around naked, which I'm like, are we finally going to make an emperor's new clothes like joke? Like he walks in naked and it's like, oh, no, no. no? Okay. You're coming up on my favorite part of the movie, by the way. Um, he where he goes full Gollum. Full Gollum. Very good impersonation, by the way. It is extremely good. Basically, he's like, I can't afford any more potion. I need more sweet, sweet potion. And Kronk's like, Oh, I've got a jar, and he like throws it at him, and he goes full Gollum. Instant God. My precious. I thought you were about to climb up on my couch into a Gollum pose. You like pulled up. I'm like, Oh God, he's gonna go full method. Drake's and Hobbitses. Oh, Andy Circus, you talented bitch. Oh my god, what if they'd like gotten Andy Circus just for that scene? That would have been amazing. Just like some weird motion capture all of a sudden in the middle. My <laughs> and Kronk's like, oh no, um, this potion doesn't do shit. With the help of his angel devil, little on his shoulders. Again. Like, Yo, they look the same, so they're not getting younger. Um, and he's like, Rudy, potion's a scam. Here's some clothes. I think we should let you guys know that before before we go on any further, um, this movie actually had like seven storylines. It did. Um, there was the potion storyline. Mm-hmm. There was a Kronk being a good person storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, there was Kronk trying to win his father's affection storyline. There's the camping storyline. There's the camping storyline. There's a competition storyline. There's a love interest storyline. There's a love interest storyline. Um, there's him working at the restaurant storyline. Yep. Um, yeah, that's... There's... It's a lot going on. It's a lot at once. Through and simultaneous flashbacks and flash forwards. It's a little Quentin Tarantino-esque. Yeah. Not really. No. Don't insult Tarantino's stylistic. Quentin wouldn't mind. We're on... 
my yeah. first name terms. And I'm I'm having some issues with Tarantino right now, so you're making it hard to watch Kill Bill, man. Quentin doesn't care. Quentin doesn't care. <laughs> that guy is Matt Damon, guys. In Eurotrip, the guy who's saying Scotty doesn't know is Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> that was really close to the mic. I, I think I blew up the levels there. You did. You can see it in the levels. It literally was like had to compress and try to compensate. <laughs> I broke my mic. Um, so Rudy's like, oh, no, the people are about to elect Yzma Emperor. And he's like, I didn't know you could elect emperors. Apparently you could. Apparently you could this whole time. Does that mean? Cusco was elected? Because we never have found out how Cusco became emperor. He was, a, he was an emperor since he was a baby. Right. Because we do see like. But we never found out how he became no. an emperor. We never see anything about his parents or hear anything about his parents. The only thing we hear is Yzma say, I practically raised him. So does that mean they elected a baby emperor? You know I wouldn't put it past the Incans. Hmm. They didn't have some child emperors. Yeah. Maybe they're like, hey, the son has told us that... <laughs> this baby is pure. The baby is pure and will lead us. And he'll make a real great sacrifice. Wait, what? <laughs> um, so they're at a full like political rally ready to elect Yzma mayor. And then they run in they're like, the potion's a scam. It doesn't do anything. Um, there's this giant elaborate chase th- scene. There's a giant elaborate chase scene through the village. They're sliding over apple carts. They're falling down roofs. There's riding skateboards. Yeah, not there's... like there wasn't a giant chase scene in the first movie. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, there was. There was. There was. There was. And it was much better. It included scimitars and octopuses. Octopi? Octopi. Octopi. And a whale. I'm a cow. Can I go home? Yeah, I think that's a good reason to go home. <laughs> yes, you can go. I just... Is, what about anyone else? Is, is everyone else all right? No, no we're, we're, good. we're good. We're great. Yeah. yeah. Like, um... <laughs> I love the cow. Um, I'm a cow. Can I go home? Yes. Wow, that was... A loud-ass Extraordinarily cow. loud. Damn. Um. So basically, Yzma, like, climbs up on a bridge, and she's like... I'm going to drink this potion and you'll be unable to harm a single hair on my head. You're like, oh man, she's about to become like a giant Godzilla. And she chugs the potion and becomes the tiniest, cutest pink bunny you've ever seen. To be fair, she was a pretty cute cat before. Yeah. And she's like, haha, you can't defeat me now. And then a hawk picks her up and flies away. Um, spoiler, uh, spoiler alert for the end of the movie. I'm pretty sure she gets eaten. Bunny comes back. I think she gets eaten. She does. By baby hawks. Baby, baby hawks. Um, we'll get to it. Picked apart. Oh. Peace. Stop. By rabbit peace. Stop. Giblets. That's what they ate first. Rabbit giblets. Send you. Um, <laughs> so then it cuts back to the kitchen and he's like, that's how I lost my giant house on the hill. I bought one, but then I gave it away to the old folks because... I stole their house and knocked it down and built my mansion because I sold them on the scam potion. So now I'm going to give them my house back. And he does. And he does because he's a good person. Um, And the waitress is like, okay, cool. Can you cook some food now? And he's like, I mean, like. Oh, yeah. This whole time he's crying to the waitress. I don't think we mentioned that. Oh, yeah. This he's whole, this he's whole telling the whole story to he's, her. He's in the kitchen and he's telling this whole story to the, wait, to the waitress of the restaurant. Um, and he's like, 
She's like, oh, yeah, I totally want to hear your life story. He's like, great. So it started when I was a little kid. And she's like, oh, shit. Like, and then he's like, I bet you don't even want to hear the story of how I lost my love. And he's like, she's like, oh, no, please tell me. He's like, okay. He's like, she's not getting it. Like, Kronk doesn't get sarcasm. Um, so basically, he's a squirrel camp leader, chipmunk leader. He is. And these kids have won their competition two years in a row. And yeah. he's going for a third. And they hear that there is a scout leader called Birdwell who is coming to take their championship away. And they're like, and he's like, oh no. Well, um, he didn't know she was Birdwell at first. No. Uh, she is inexplicably British. Like, she sounds like Mary Poppins. She does. Uh, everyone else just kind of just has normal mid Atlantic accents, but he's, she's full Mary Poppins British for. Yeah. She even kind of looks like Jane. I was about to say, she does not look like Julie Andrews. Um, you, think, you don't think she looks like Jane a little? She does look like Jane a little. Yeah. I think so. Hmm. This is some kind of, like, commentary on colonialism. Poorly executed. Yep. Um, so, basically, she's, like, her her team is, like, drill sergeant, like, they march perfectly. They swim perfectly. They're all lined up. Um, you see that she does have a sweet side, though, because one of her campers is like, I don't want to swim, but it's not me. It's my doll. And she's like, what's that, Mrs. Doll? So-and-so is our best swimmer, and you'll sit with me? Doll says it's okay, sweetie. You can swim. Like, So she's clearly got like a nice a nice streak right. to her. Which ends up in Kronk and Birdwell. Yeah. Falling in love instantly. Yes. Um, and, but then competing against each other hardcore. The way that he describes her... Makes me laugh. Because she's not a typical love interest where she's all like curvy and gorgeous and everything. And he's like, this is going to be one of my quotes, guys. Uh, She's got feet like two landlocked tugboats, knees like brass doorknobs, and elbows so rough they could take the grit off a two by four. But that's what Kronk's into. That's what he wants. Yeah, He wants a man, really. Um, So basically, they touch hands once and fall in love. Yep. Um, That's how you fall in love. People. You touch hands. You touch hands. That's all we have to do. So beware. Don't don't go around just touching anyone's don't take, hand. When you're getting your change back from the cashier, don't touch their hand. Have them drop love. it into your hand because mm-hmm. you don't know what could happen. You brush fingertips, bam, married, pregnant. Maybe that person has syphilis. You don't want to get into that. No. That shit probably hurts. Um, Gross. But basically, it's a swimming competition, and Birdwell's kids are like doing perfect little formations, and Kronk kids are like cannonball, fuck you, and Birdwell pulls up some long, elaborate rule, which gets Kronk's kids disqualified, and now they're not in love anymore. They're fighting, um, and so there's a whole crazy montage of all their competition. This is just montage corner them falling in love because they do like a three-legged race, and then a knot tying competition, and then archery. And then uh, canoeing. And then all this sorts of, like, just camp stuff. And then it comes down. It's tied. And the only competition that's left is the cheer off tomorrow. And the kids are like, we just want to have fun. Like, we're all right. And at this point, it should be mentioned that Kronk and Birdwell have decided to kind of call a truce. And the whole point of the competition was not Not in line with... Not yet. Hmm? They've got to do their raisin bread. Oh, yeah, the raisin you, bread. got to get to the raisin bread. Uh, so basically, uh, Birdwell and Kronk at this point are like, when by any means necessary, we're going to drill till the sun comes up. Ah! 
Um, and then the kids are just exhausted and passed out. And he's like, okay, I need to like calm down. I need to like take the edge off. I'm going to go bake some raisin bread. Which apparently for the squirrel troopers or whatever. The chipmunks. The chipmunks. Um, raisin bread is what gets them going. Yeah. Raisin bread. For some bread reason. Is the magic. No. It's the shit. Personally, not a fan of raisin bread. No. I'm a fan of raisins. Yeah. I'm a fan of bread. I don't like raisin bread. Not raisin bread. I always hate when you get like cinnamon toast bread and it's like with raisins. I'm like, why did you think raisins was necessary to the addition of my cinnamon toast? No, I just wanted cinnamon toast. I just wanted cinnamon toast. No raisins. Um, so he goes to bake, but someone has taken his eggs and he goes into her kitchen and it's like <laughs> Kronk's eggs, property of Kronk, not to be touched by anyone but Kronk. And then she's like, well, you took my raisins. And it says... Birdwell's raisins, property of Birdwell, not to be touched by anyone but Birdwell. Which I'm curious as how his her raisins ended up in his kitchen. Kitchen, because he took the raisins out of his kitchen. Yeah, and the whole joke is Cusco's poison is chosen especially for Cusco's poison for Cusco. Cusco's poison, which it wasn't labeled as such. It was just Cronkisms talking around in corners. So the fact that everyone in this movie has their stuff labeled like Cronk talks is just lazy writing. Um. So basically they're fighting and then they realize, you know, they've ruined the fun of their campers. It's not about the competition. It's about the kids having fun camping. But then they touch hands again. So like, let's let's ghost this raisin bread and they like knead it together and put it in the oven and then have a four minute disco montage dance off. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, And they just do like every like romantic trope. They do like. A dance-off. They do, like, a lady in the tramp with a spaghetti. They do Tarzan and Jane swinging through the forest. They do the Michael Jackson thriller dance with one glowing oven mitt. They do the Titanic, I'm the king of the world. They do Saturday Night Fever. They do, like, just, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Like, get it, get it, get it. Get it from this movie? Because this is from this movie. And that's from that movie. Like, okay, we get it. Like, stop. It's not funny. So at the end of this sequence, after they've baked all the raisin bread, Mm Mm-hmm. Cronk um, gets a gift. Which is? A pair of oven mitts. oven mitts. Yep. Especially for him from Birdwell. Yep. To kind of say, hey, look. They're customized, by the way. They are. Customized oven mitts. Um, While she was in the midst of their montage, she got some oven mitts customized. Yeah. In the middle of the forest during yep. a camping trip. Just for Cronk. Yep. Um, which maybe she did it herself. Yep. Maybe she's very talented. We don't know. Yep. She could be. She could be. Um, she is well known, apparently. Yes. Um, she's the the Birdwell, which we didn't mention this, but Kronk thought Birdwell was a dude. Yeah, he's like best scout leader ever. Must be a dude. Yeah. Um. So he gets these custom oven mitts, which, um, when it flashes back again, is the only thing he has to remember Birdwell of. Yeah. Oh, that's how he starts the that's how he starts the flashback. It's like these oven mitts are the last thing she touched besides my shattered heart. Like Um, so basically they're like in the moonlight and they're like, Okay, we're in love now, so like our kids are gonna play clean and This camping trip's gonna be about them and not us winning our competition. Um so he writes to Poppy about like, I found the woman of my dreams, I'm gonna get married to her. Apparently Kronk is Jewish. Is he? Because in his like dream wedding montage, they like are under a chuppah and they like smash a glass and everyone yells mazel tov. Hmm. Didn't know that. 
Kronk's Jewish guys in ancient Inca Peru. Um, yeah. And then it just cuts to Cusco, and he's like, oh my god, that's so cute. Look at their love story. Cusco, who's, oh who, no. who, by the way, is going in and out of being narrator. Yeah. He's not a consistent narrator. No. He was in the first movie. In this one, it's half Kronk narrating, and then Cusco cutting into Kronk's narration, and then cutting out. It's almost like David Spade was like, guys, I only have half an hour. <laughs> you can get me in the studio for one hour. And... Go. Time's up. Yep. And then he left. Yep. They like, quick blurt out these lines. No need to try them again. Um, your inflections were perfect the one first thing. time around. He's David Spade. Yeah. Um, so the kids are all tired and depressed. But then Birdwell and Kronk are like, raisin bread! And they're like, oh my god, this is our crack! And they all eat an entire loaf of raisin bread each. And at this point, they are civil. They are. Birdwell and Kronk have decided, hey, uh, this competition has got out of hand. It's not in the spirit of the chipmunks. Yep. Um, so they decide, hey, for this last competition, we're just going to have fun and do our own thing. And whoever wins, wins. Whoever wins, wins. Except Tipo has Tipo. already snuck... Tipo is Pacha's son. He has already snuck away from the table, and he's going to grind up these seeds into itching powder and put them in Birdwell's troops' grip chalk. And then they'll be itchy, and then they'll lose the cheer competition. Tipo, you devious son of a bitch. Uh, and then Kronk gets... Chichi, you're not a bitch. Chicha, sorry. Yeah. You're not a bitch. So Kronk gets down on one knee for Birdwell, and he's like, I know this seems soon, but when a man knows, he knows... And he pulls out a pair of monogrammed oven mitts. They just have spare customized oven mitts to spare in this camp. They're just everywhere. They are. And she's like, oh my god, I love them. And they fit my giant hands. Um, and then they do their their cheer competition. Uh, Birdwell's team does indeed fall because they're covered in itching powder. And Birdwell is yelling at Tipo. And Kronk's little... Well, you gotta find... Oh, you gotta oh, let them know how oh. she found out about... That Tipo did Oh, because there's a bag that says, Tipo's itching powder, only to be used by Tipo, property of Tipo, Tipo's itching powder. Yep. Use that joke again. Yep. <sighs> and so, Birdwell is yelling at Tipo about, like, you could have gotten hurt, and that's not funny, and you were cheating, and blah, blah, blah. And Kronk's like, oh, man, this little kid's getting yelled at. Can't have that. And he's like, no, Birdwell... I told him to do it, which is fully not true. And Birdwell's like, well, I don't like you anymore. Never speak to me again. Here are your oven mitts back. Here are your oven mitts back. And he's showing them, and then it cuts back to the present, and he's showing the oven mitts to the waitress. And he's like, this is all I have to remember her by. And then he trips, and then he drops them in the oven, and he goes, oh, that was all I had to remember her by. They burn instantly, by the way. (laughs) They're made of asbestos. So then um, his dad is, like, coming up the hill. And he's like, oh, man, I have to have a wife and a kids and a house on the hill. Oh, no. And Pacha and his family are in the restaurant having dinner. And he's like, Pacha, I need to borrow your wife, your kids, and your house for, like, five minutes. And he's like, oh, yeah, I fully get this. You need, like, a wife and kids. He's like, yeah. He goes, okay, I'll get out of here. No, he says, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do, yes. Um, and so Kronk's dad comes up, and he looks just like Kronk, except he's a foot tall. It sounds about... Uh- like an accurate description. Yeah. Uh, and he's got white hair instead of the black hair. And he's he doesn't hug. He only handshakes bone crushingly. It should be pointed out that when he does 
roll up his little carriage has Florida plates. Yeah. That say Poppy. The original champagne poppy. They like it when you call him Big Poppy. He gets a poppy, and that didn't work. No. No. That was horrible. All I can think is that creepy internet girl's like, hi, I'm Poppy. Disregard anything I just said. (laughs) I'm going to leave it in. Anything and everything. Just to punish you. I hop, guys. Girls, ladies, and guys. Only if they're buying. <laughs> no, but really, ladies. Ladies, ladies. He's always at work and can't bill Cornell. <laughs> no, you bill more than I do. I'm so mean. Sorry, that was a reference to something else, and it didn't translate. I take back my. I hop invitation to everyone. Oh, Specifically no. Chelsea. Oh, no. <laughs> In fact, I'm getting Chelsea banned at all IHOPs across the country. No. Where will I go for subpar pancakes? Not IHOP. No. You can get your shit at Denny's. No. I which, like Denny's. Which, by the way, uh, retraction from earlier, I confused my Denny's with my IHOP. Denny's has the Grand Slam, not the not <gasps> IHOP. Oh, my God. It fully does. I was on it with the Rudy Tootie. Fresh and, and fruity. fruity. You have to say the full title or it doesn't count. Um, so, Potch's oh. kids and wife are totally playing along. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No. R-T-F-N-T. R-T-F-T-T. R-T-F-T. Rudy, Tootie, Fresh, and Fruity. R-T-F-F. R-T-F-F. I dare you to roll into an IHOP and be like, can you get me a couple of RTFFs? I'll just do some ridiculous order and they'll be like, yeah, one diet plate right away. Yeah. Yeah. And a diet Coke. (laughs) Ugh. I'm I'm actually doing a no soda thing. Oh. Starting now. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Okay. This very moment. Um. So, the kid. So, we're at the point where Kronk says, hey, I know what I need to do. And he, Why? And, and I mean, sorry, Pacha. He's like, hey, I know what I need to do. Kronk has kind of already convinced Chicha that she's going to pretend to be his wife. And she's down. She's kind of down. She's she, like, oh, this is my husband and these are our kids. So, like, so the way it went down was like, Kronk was like, this is... Chicha. Chicha, not wife. Yeah. Did not get introduced as wife. This is, is Chicha. Chicha. Well, she said, hi, I'm Chicha. Yeah. Um, and then, and then these are the kids. Yeah. And then at that moment, Pacha stumbles out. In full drag. Full drag. And he's like, oh, hello. I'm, and he's like, Chicha's mother. Kronk cuts her off to Chicha's mother. Stepmother. Stepmother. My stepmother. Yeah. And uh, Poppy is immediately feeling... Some type of way. He is. He's all up around it and about it. And the kids are like, this is creepy and I don't like it. Um, And at this point, Tipo goes, I know what I need to do. And he runs out of the restaurant and scurries. And he finds Rudy. And he's like, oh man, Rudy. 
Kronk's in trouble. He told his daddy and wife and kids, and Rudy goes, I know what I need to do. And then, at this point... The waitress is like Kronk. Well, Tipo. Tipo. Tipo's like, hey, I know what I need to do. Yeah. And the waitress is like, Kronk, listen, you, you, you've got these fondue orders, which is it's fondue night, it's by fondue the way. fondue night. Which is kind of wrapped back to the whole fondue incident. And it was Kronk's idea to Kronk's have fondue Kronk's idea, night. yeah, that was Kronk's idea to have fondue night. And there were all these angry customers wanting their fondue, which I don't blame them. Fondue's delicious. Yeah. But it's kind of weird for a restaurant to have a fondue night. Yeah, unless you're melting pot. Unless you're melting pot, which is every night is fondue night. Dude, like every melting pot I know that has gotten shut down. Because it's fucking gross. I'm sorry. In that terms was an of, incorrect statement. We'd like to retract what Sherwin just said. Melting pot is fucking delicious. No, no, no. Not gross in terms of the food, the environment. Uh, fucking gross. Yeah. It's like worse than Korean barbecue. I won't give you that. So. But the food's good. Um. So he's trying to like run in and out of the kitchen and they're stealing that joke again of like I'm in the kitchen I'm out of the kitchen I'm in the restaurant I'm at the table and just running around in circles and so then uh, Rudy shows up dressed as his wife and then Tipo shows up standing on his friend's shoulder dressed as his wife so and then, at this point he has three wives and then the old people Rudy and his friends roll up dressed as babies but they're clearly old people just in diapers and they're like we're Kronk's kids and then Cusco rolls in and he's like, I'm Mrs. Crump. So at this point, Poppy's a little suspicious. Just to, he's like, I think something might not be right here. And and I think they were doing the Squidward joke, a SpongeBob joke, because he goes, He's Mrs. Crump. He's Mrs. Crump. Is anybody here not Mrs. Crump? I'm like, that's my SpongeBob. And then at that point Squidward pops up. Now um, The fondue gets a little a little hot. A little hot. Which, by the way, if a fondue exploded like it did and it was that hot, everyone would ha- have third-degree burns. They'd be dead. Scalded. Yeah. Boiled alive No in skin in this village. No, skinless. Skinless. Like a chicken. Is that the sound? How does that sound? It's being skinned. Is that... Yep. Okay. That that clean All and right. crisp of a noise. Right. That quickly and immediately. No. <laughs> <laughs> now I need to know what you were going to do. No. Yeah. I'm not going to. Do it. No. I don't know if I can. Oh, that was. This is the sound effect corner with Chelsea and Sherwin. <laughs> I can never do that. Ah, how do you do that? Yes, <laughs> you got that one. We have to leave all of that in for that one perfect one. Well, we devolved into just making sounds into the microphone for the last, for the dramatic climactic finish of the movie. Um, 
So basically, Kronk owns up to everything. Everything. And he's like, none of these people are my wives. None of these people are my kids. I don't even have a house. At which point, his dad tells him, what the fuck is going on? You have nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. And then Potch's daughter, whose name I don't remember, he goes, but Kronk, you have us. And then Kronk realizes he actually has everything. Because he has all these friends and and who were willing to drop everything to help him out. And he's like, oh man, I do have everything. And he's like, you know what, Poppy? I mean, I have a wife or kids or a house, but like, look at all these friends. And I would never give that up for a thumbs up. Nope. And Poppy's like, you just said the magic words because you never needed my approval. But by not wanting it, now you get it. And he gives him. That coveted. Thumbs up from Poppy. Thumbs up from Poppy. Who knows where that thumb's been? Nope. Yeah. It's gross. Um, and then Tipo's like, oh, by the way, Crom, I have one more thing for you. And he brings Birdwill up the hill in a wedding dress. And she's like, I really missed you. And Tipo told me everything. And then they dance together to True to Your Groove. And then the movie ends. Oh, wait! Because then it's sharp cut to Yzma. In a nest. In a nest as a bunny. As a bunny. And she's like, oh, look at the cute little baby bird. They're so cute. And then they hatch. And then they tear her limb from limb in one of the most graphic and uh, scientifically accurate animations I've seen in a disemboweling in a Disney movie. There's blood everywhere. Yeah. Entrails. And she just won't die. She's screaming, screaming, her eyes unable to blink as her lids have been ripped away, staring into the camera, pleading, why are you still watching this? Help me! I think they went for the liver first is what I noticed. It's the juiciest part of the bunny. Everyone knows that. Just kidding, guys. It cuts to black, and then the movie's over. That's it. It's so gross when you don't get it right. It's a th- no, this is gross. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, just so I can cut it out. Oh, oh, oh my god. Ew. Sherwin's banned from the podcast. He's banned. He's never allowed to come back. Ew. Yay. Palette cleanser. So, that's Kronk's new groove. It's kind of seven stories and also no plot line at all. Seven stories, but it's also zero stories. Yeah. It's amazingly convoluted and also has no plot. I give it a two big toes down. Yep. Not even thumbs. I'm not even going to use my thumbs for this. Just toes. Just toes. You know what? I, I might, will not show my evolutionary I'm, prowess while giving two I might, thumbs down. I might give it one toe up. One toe up. One toe up. Toe up from the flow up. Because it wasn't entirely not entertaining. No. If I was watching this like with a kid, I would like not be like slowly tearing my own hair out in pain. But I'm never going to sit down and rewatch it like I do with Emperor's New Groove. It wasn't a very good story. No. Um, there weren't very good jokes. Yeah. It did not capture my attention. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm pretty sure I was doing something else while watching it. I was texting for a lot of it, guys. I was texting throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Actually. Throughout the whole podcast, too. Yeah. 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 Also, hey, I got to get my IHOP ladies in line. Yeah. Ladies. I was also just texting Chris. Oh, <laughs> No one else. <laughs> 
Wait, wait. Oh my god, Chelsea's making me do this fuck ass podcast. If she asks you, get out. No, it get was, out. It was much more interesting than that. You've slowly been in the group chat for our team, telling everyone Chelsea's been asking you all to be on the podcast. It was don't let her convince you. It was you. much more entertaining. I promise you. I want to hear once the mics are off. Okay, so final thing. Um, favorite quote from the original. I think I've already mentioned two of mine, which is Kronk's theme music, and the this is I'll put this in the box and I'll put that box in another box. How shall I do it? Oh, I know. I'll turn him into a flea. A harmless little flea. And then I'll put that flea in a box. And then I'll put that box inside of another box. And then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, ah, <laughs> I'll smash it with a hammer. It's brilliant, 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 I tell you. Genius, I say. Or, to save on postage, I'll just poison him with this. Then you have to go with the classic. Llama face! Mm. I have llama face. Yeah, it can't be! Uh, 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 my face! Good. My beautiful, beautiful face! Okay, I'm an okay, okay. Well, well, llama. Well, wait, okay, uh, okay. llama face! And then my quote from the sequel is when he's describing Birdwell, which I will drop in here. You're a troop leader. Uh, Are you hurt? Uh, can you speak? Uh, Blink if you can hear me. She was a vision. Feet like a pair of landlocked tugboats. Knees like brass doorknobs. Elbows so rough they could take the grain right off a two by four. And her eyes. They say the eyes are the window to the soul. Hers were more like triple lock steel reinforced security doors with a combination I just had to crack. No doubt about it. She was the kind of girl you'd want to bring home to Poppy. That's how he describes the love of his life, guys. He's uh, not a traditional fellow. Sherwin. My favorite quote from the original. One second, one second, one second. So just, like, say the quote, count, like, one, two, three, and then say something else, because I'm having to drop audio in, so if you give me cleaner cuts, it makes life easier. Thank you. My favorite quote from the original. (sighs) There's so many. Okay, so um, these are less quotes, more exclamations. Mm-hmm. Um, Scorpions is one of my main ones. Take your time, no hurry here. Scorpions! <laughs> Funny that there were scorpions there. Yeah. Why were they hanging out on a tree branch? That's not an optimal place for you to be scorpions. Nope. That, you're not going to find any food there. They seem to be largely a ground animal. Right. Not a tree cliff side animal. No. No. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. But I'm going to say I'm gonna have to say my favorite one is actually one of yours. Um, it is the Kronk humming his theme song part. And <laughs> Cusco talking about how he's totally off key. Yeah. <laughs> Guess where I am right now? Uh huh. In the bag. Still think I'm not the victim here? Watch. It gets better. Oh, he's doing his own theme music. Big, dumb, and tone deaf. I am so glad I was unconscious for all of this. Is he 
I'm so happy I was unconscious for all of this. Like, <laughs> So that is my favorite quote. Okay. And now the sequel. Best slash worst quote. <laughs> so, um, best and worst. Okay. No, best slash. Like, it's the best because it's the worst. Best because it's the worst. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is a little tough because all the decent quotes were just quotes hashed again from the original one. Yeah. So... Um, my, I think my favorite quote from this new one mm-hmm. um, is probably <laughs> when Kronk is trying to sell the potions and one of the guys, I think it was Rudy, goes, does this actually work? And Yzma... Get up, ladies and gentlemen. It's finally arrived. The cure for everything that ails you. Yzma's <laughs> young and beautiful. That's a, uh, good one. Here you go! Hey, Croc, does this stuff really work? <laughs> hey, does this stuff really work? Of course it does, you idiot. No, of course it does, you idiot. <gasps> good enough for me. Drink up, everyone. Liquid gold. Trustworthy, guys. So that's probably my favorite quote in... The sequel. In the sequel. Uh, I, I have to say, in terms of watchability... Even though the movie's not great, it's still Emperor's New Groove, and it's all the jokes you know and love. Um, so if your tiny niece or nephew or sibling asks you to watch it with them, it's not that painful. It's uh, just slightly painful. It is, but it's not as bad as some of the ones we've reviewed. There's some. There's some on this podcast I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say to re- to watch just for the laughs. Like, oh my god, see how bad this movie is. Like, Cruel Intentions Two is so bad it's funny. Box and the Hound 2, American Psycho 2, just don't do it to yourselves. It's not worth it. Kronk's New Groove, I would say if someone else asks you to watch it, don't run from the room screaming. No, I would probably, I would prepare. I would charge my phone all the way. I'd be texting the whole time. And um, make sure you have food. Yep. To keep yourself from gouging your eyes out. Yep. Not I'm kidding, w- it's not that bad. I was drinking... A Starbucks latte through the whole movie, like, like stay awake. I thought you were just gonna say you were drinking. No, I was like, stay awake, <laughs> stay awake, stay awake. <laughs> um. Oh my god, I almost forgot the best part of our podcast. It's the stupid sequels drinking game. Stupid sequel drinking game. Yeah. So we're gonna make up rules for the sequel to make it more enjoyable for when they, if they want to watch it. So I'll do one, you do one, back and forth. Okay. So first one. Uh, drink every time Kronk does a flashback. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to kill them. Okay. Um, oh, I should make this easy instead of difficult. Um, okay. Drink every time there is a reference to the original movie. You're dead. Already. In the first six minutes of the movie, you're dead. You're dead. Uh, drink every time Cusco pops up to just state the obvious. Anything at all. Just yeah. drink when Cusco pops up. Yeah, just Cusco's here. Um, drink when... Or give a drink. Switching it up. Yeah. Give a drink when... <laughs> Whenever someone drinks a potion... Give yeah. a drink. Yep, that'll get you pretty good. Uh, 
take a drink every time Yzma is seductive or cat-like. I'll roll that into one. Okay, that's fair. Um, drinking game for this podcast, drink every time Sherwin mentions IHOP. IHOP. <laughs> IHOP. Pancakes. Rudy Tootie. Fresh and fruity. Okay, I'm done, guys. <laughs> um, you got another one? Um... For this podcast? Yes. No, <laughs> for the movie. Drink every time I make sound effects. Oh no! They're watching. They're listening to this at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Damn it! Um, cut, cut it in the beginning. <laughs> just at the beginning of this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this week's episode's a little bit different. We're gonna drop our drinking game in the beginning because we make a drinking game out of our own podcast. In fact. Oh. The runtime of this podcast, unedited, is almost the runtime of the movie. It is. It's uh, movies close. one minute seventeen seconds. One minute seventeen. Oh seconds. yeah, God, that's that a very short nice. movie. Judy, it's very quick paced, guys. I forgot to mention it just breakneck speed. An hour and seventeen minutes. There we go. So you guys can probably listen to this simultaneously and be thoroughly entertained. Actually, yeah. Um, and then our final drinking rule, as always. Drink every time you want to turn the movie off. And then do, because you don't have to do this podcast. No, you don't. But yeah, that is the 11th episode of the Stupid Sequels podcast. It is 11, right? Yes. It's the 11th episode of the Stupid Sequels podcast. Um, you can find us online, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, Reddit. Don't find me online. Sherwin is an enigma. He doesn't want you to find him. I'm a ghost. Ethereal. He's not even here, guys. That, that's the noise I make when I move around. He was dead the whole time. Oh, that was really dark. So, yeah. He doesn't want you to find him, so don't. Um, or do, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I'll see you guys next month with another friend from work. Will we shit talk Sherwin's episode? Maybe. Probably. Uh, we're going to be watching The Sandlot. I know I've promised that for three episodes. I keep having to reschedule because... He can't get his schedule online. So if it's not Sandlot next month, that guy might be dead because he'll have canceled on me for a third month. Yeah. Oh. Danny will have canceled on me for the third Rude. month in a row. Rude. Um, but other than that, um, I'll see you guys all online. Tell me what you want to see next. Um, I'm lining up a couple more movies for the year. Um, I know I keep doing a lot of Disney. Are you guys liking that? Do you like when I do more of the live action movies? Tell me what you like. Um, until next time, this is the Stupid Sequels Podcast. Um, and oh, this is the Stupid Sequels Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and I'll see you guys all around. Bye. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the Stupid Sequels Podcast. Please subscribe and review so everyone can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at Stupid Sequels 2 or email us at stupidsequelspodcast at gmail.com. Every episode is made possible by our sound engineer, Francis Cod. Our logo was designed by Nicole Wiseman at Wiseshots, and you can find me online at Callie Blair on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else. And remember, even though these movies are stupid, deep down, we really love them.